and welcome to Cargo Facts Connect, a podcast of Cargo Facts, the newsletter of record for the freighter aircraft industry for over 40 years. I'm your host, Andrew Carter, Associate Editor of Cargo Facts. And I'm your co-host, Robert Luke, Associate Editor at Cargo Facts. And I'm Jeff Lee, Editor of Cargo Facts. I'm joining you live from Denver Airport, gate B-19, before my flight back to Richmond, Virginia. We just wrapped up a very exciting week at the AUVSI Exponential Conference, and I have a whole lot of drone news for you here. What was, uh, yeah, you've done a lot of work there, and thank you, but uh, yeah, what, what's the the immediate um, takeaway from you and the overall feeling of that event and the drone industry? I, I It was a very productive week for a lot of co- uh, companies there. Uh, we know that we had already reported on a lot of news from Volatos Aerospace. This is the Canadian uh, drone operator. They had previously signed agreements with Aerial Robotics, a German company, um, which they've now switched. And they're hoping to announce new partnerships in the coming weeks. Now, I, I spoke with them just before I left the conference, and they had told me that they had had a very productive week, and we should expect a lot more news from them in the days ahead, uh, which is very exciting. Now, I think in the drone industry, in the drone space, um, it all comes down to the FAA in the United States as far as regulatory pickup. Uh, There were several sessions there where we heard from the FAA, and that's, that's, that's a unique opportunity to hear back from the regulators. Um, and they told seems very encouraging. Um, the FAA set multiple goals of having the airspace prepared for uh, a, the, the integration of advanced air mobility by 2025 with future developments and use in 2028. And they seem on track to do that. They said that the, the airspace would be ready. Right. I mean, it seems like um, you have a whole host of companies just and various exceptions and waivers and all that. Just things would be much easier um, with a standard kind of path um, for certification and a standard regime for all of these companies that are all just kind of, I guess, waiting um, and banking on on the regulators to um, to implement that plan. Right. Uh, yes, I think that there is going to be um, an advanced in certification timeline. Now, the FAA has always uh, issued, issued new waivers uh, to do that. However, because of industry feedback, um, they're making significant progress. And one of the cool things that we were able to touch on is programs like that the X-Wing is doing, programs like that which Reliable Robotics is doing, where they partner with the Federal Aviation Administration and with NASA uh, to collect data that's going to be valuable to the ultimate integration for these advanced air mobility solutions. Um, and the FAA said that the feedback that they've gotten from these programs has been exceptional um, and is definitely advancing the process. Mm-hmm. Hey, Andrew, can you touch a little bit more, or as our, a lot of our uh, industry peers like to say, could you put some color on how NASA's involvement is going to not only advance technologically the uh, pace of solidifying uh, regulatory uh, practice and compliance for the drones, but to actually enhance it and make it even safer than initially projected. You know, I'm happy you brought up NASA um, because there there was a representative from the state of Oklahoma. um, His his name's James, I'm blanking on the last name, and my apologies to you, James. 
Um, but he uh, rep represents Oklahoma, and he said that NASA's involvement in Oklahoma has been pivotal, uh, not just for the collection of data, not just for the ultimate airspace integration, but uh, for exciting the workforce. Um, it matters to see um, a, a name like NASA come to your small town um, to invest in advanced air mobility, and people take notice, and it's spurring job creation. That's awesome. You know, I, I don't know much about the drone space as far as the NASA involvement goes, but you know, the little bit that I've read, I've seen some wonderful uh, simulator creation that they're using to kind of get a feel for what it would be like to integrate drones into the regular airspace uh, compliance and practice along with uh, turbine powered, piston powered, or, you know, regular fixed wing vehicles. So I'm excited to see how those developments unravel as we continue to progress forward. But Man, thank you for sharing that information. That's truly enlightening. And th thank you, Robert. I, I, I know it, it, it's what's going to be make or break in the next few years is the yeah. FAA's development of beyond visual line of sight regulations. And yeah, that's what's going to make um, this te these technologies viable in the cargo space. And, you know, I think there's a number of companies. Uh, we heard from Jeff Lookett at UPS's Flight Forward and... I think he's a visionary. I, I think there's a lot of exciting things on the horizon there. Um, and I think that as soon as we solve this Bevelos um, issue, which we are on the verge to, I mean, I heard some companies who are phone calls away from their authorization. Um, we're going to see a, a paradigm shift, a revolution and evolution in the last mile cargo oh delivery God. systems but you brought up turbines and that makes me ask you how was your week what what, what what news do you have to share with me well i think we had some uh groundbreaking news this week with nexus aviation who just uh announced that they have acquired their first aircraft unit 2919 uh it's ex aruba airlines a321 that they're going to be converting with 321 precisions precisions excuse me at their new uh, conversion line that opened in uh, January of 2022 at the HACO facility in Shiman. So we're, we're very excited and congratulations to Nexus Aviation who already has their second aircraft that they've uh, pretty much are in the final stages of acquiring uh, to move right after Unit 2919. So we're looking forward to seeing some really good things happening with Nexus Aviation, which happens to be backed by uh, the parent company of 321 Precision Conversions. Uh, the family office known as Ericsson. So I think we're going to see quite a strong pipeline coming through that lease company, and they're only specifically going to focus on the A321 freighter portfolio. That's all they're looking at at the moment. So I think there's some big things happening there. Uh, earlier this week, uh, Canadian North officially retired their 737-200. Uh, that aircraft has been was the fourth and last in their fleet, and they officially have taken it out of service after conducting its final flight, I believe, was on May 6th. So we tip our hats to them for keeping that legacy aircraft in the air for as long as they possibly could, which has exceeded records, I'm sure, from a, a historical timeline perspective. But it's not going to be parked. It's actually going to continue operations in Latin America. And uh, we tip our hat to them for continuing to keep the classic in motion. And we'll look forward to seeing it take to the skies and the southern climate regions. Um, Jeff, what do you have going on on your end? 
Well, we also had other A321 news, didn't we? Because um, we had SmartLinks, which uh, is already the, the largest operator of that type. Um, and they have a, I mean, they have a mixed uh, fleet of both EFW and Precision A321s, but they are just continuing to add more and they, um, they're, they're on about to, to add um, two or three more, in fact. Um, and this, uh, the, this is interesting because the, they're about to take two that are um, from an, a new uh, lessor to the A321 space, and that's JLPS Ireland. Um, what's also interesting, I think, um, is that they are really, I, I imagine they're really starting to um, expand their ACMI customers. Um, so, of course, the first few they had um, are still flying with DHL or still flying for DHL. Um, and then recently they added um, Sky Canna as an ACMI customer. Um, they've got one aircraft flying in the Caribbean, but um, a second one will join. And uh, funnily enough, the, the second one uh, that is that is um, going to join Sky Canna is already painted in Sky Canna colors, but is actually flying um, temporarily uh, within Europe um, for DHL, which is um, kind of an interesting sight. But um, free promotion for Sky Canna. Yeah, in Europe. Yeah, in Europe. Um, but we, uh, yeah, I mean, we will see whether they um, or which uh, new ACMI customer they they secure. Um, but uh, in the meantime, I guess they they will of course make that aircraft available for uh, kind of charters and um, ad hoc uh, operations as well. Um, and they're still, I think, on on their way to um, their goal of having um, as many as uh, 20 um, A321s uh, by the end of this year. Um, but they, uh, their partner carrier, Global Crossing, um, it, they started their, with their first A321 this year. Um, earlier this year, and uh, in fact, they're they're very close to taking their second. Um, so, uh, kind of a similar um, situation on the on that side of the Atlantic for Global Crossing. They are the only operator of that type um, right now in the US, uh, and they can will continue to be, um, I guess, for for a little while. Um, and during that time, they'll. Uh, quickly expand the A321 fleet. Um, I, I think we mentioned before they they have uh, their plan is for a total of six by the end of this year. You mentioned partner carrier when you said uh, Global Crossing. For our subscribers that are listening that may not know what you mean by that, can you give them a little more insight? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, to be fair, that partnership I think is mostly um, on the passenger side of things. Not quite sure what that means for their freighters, but um, they all that means, I guess, for our purposes is they uh, they do have some kind of relationship. Um, but yeah, I mean, for, what that means on the passenger side is um, they will they'll exchange um, aircraft uh, while one side of the market is um, in its peak season and the other isn't and and vice versa. So um, just trying to increase utilization of, of their passenger aircraft, um, particularly because they're both uh, ACMI and charter 
specialists, right? And that's um, kind of highly cyclical. Very true. And thank you for that analysis. Appreciate it. Yeah. So it's apart from all the drone news. Um, I guess I did. I wanted just to quickly um, mention the the triple seven. Um, and you wrote that story about Boeing recording its first identified order. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Um, now <laughs> we always have fun when it comes to unidentified orders. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, I'm curious to know who it is, just like you are, and uh, we've definitely been doing some digging below the Earth's surface and above to try to find out who it is. But, you know, uh, Boeing is very good at keeping things fortified when it comes to uh, trade secrets and uh, strategic alliances and deals. So um, if if I, I don't even know where to begin, if you're asking me to guess, um, I feel like I need a little bit more of a, a clue or some fact finding through some more research before I can kind of start to narrow it down to who I think it would be. But I mean, with that being said, I would just have to kind of by default go with what you're probably going to guess, and that would be FedEx potentially. Yeah, it's interesting because um, they they have a habit of incrementally um, increasing their order book with Boeing, um, and they've they've done this before, just adding one um one every month or, or one every two months um so well uh, i mean yeah that is a likely option um because i don't really see any other company doing that um you know that two would be would make things um a bit more interesting because one i i, I yeah i have to say i really don't know um it is odd but uh it, yeah it, but it has happened before um and it has turned out to be FedEx so I don't know yeah that's that's definitely going to be uh interesting to find out who that aircraft is going to if it's FedEx it'll be uh pretty much what we expected but if it's somebody new or somebody we didn't think of of course since we've only selected one option I, I truly believe it's going to make for an interesting discussion and potentially another article so yeah someone else trying to uh, mask their order their multi-aircraft order by doing um signing one per month um but, but but i guess um to take a step back it's um before this boeing hadn't uh, had any triple seven freighter orders uh for this version of the triple seven uh, in fact or for the the new dash eight um so it, it's uh yeah it, it had been a while um so it's good and we'll see um as this year progresses um how those orders uh stack up against the triple seven dash eight and the, the kinds of orders that um come in when it comes to both of those programs um that because and, yeah i'm sorry that and even you know the their rival competitor airbus with the a350 orders and um how it compares with the a330 as you know that's starting to really ramp up on the uh, conversion pace there yeah because um I, I think we also said this before but so many of um, those recent 777F orders um, have come from um, 
entities in China. Um, and the um, Boeing also said this in at Cargo Facts Asia in Singapore, but um, yeah, they 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 see um, more potential for this type in China, and um, as they get nearer um, the end, I mean, it's still a few years away, but at the end of um, the program and the eventual transition, full transition to the Dash 8, um, they, I would imagine that they're, they're pretty keen to um, sell more of these. Um, so the, uh, yeah, they would make things pretty um, attractive to both um, existing and uh, potentially new uh, customers or operators um, of the 777 freighter. And, and if you know what you're saying definitely is true, but I don't think they're going to, you know, do too bad or, you know, they're going to actually do well, considering that their their expectations are that these aircraft are going to thrive in the Asia Pacific region because, you know, that market is one of the strongest globally right now when we're looking at the industry as a whole. So um, we can definitely expect to see some numbers because. Uh, when you look at it from an overall perspective, it's never how you start, but how you finish. So we still have a couple of months uh, to go before the year concludes, and uh, we'll just measure the numbers at that point to see how, how well the orders have uh, taken. And to all our listeners, uh, we uh, thank you for listening and uh, tune in to us next week live from our first ever Cargo Facts Late Tam 2023 at the W Panama Hotel, May 15th through the 17th. Well, that's an outstanding end of the week. Um, and all the time that we have for today. To those of you listening, thank you. For more multimedia coverage like this, check out Cargo Facts Connect on iTunes and Spotify. Search CargoFacts.com. Join us again next time.